0: And take Me Now, I Have Seen It All is a brand new podcast on the Fox Sports Podcast Network featuring Fox Leagues commentators and characters Warren Smith, Andrew Voss and Maddie Russell It kicked off this week, go and check it out, you can take me now, I Have Seen It All. On today's Splash Fox footies, Ben Waterworth is on the line. We're going to review the AFL preseason now that that's almost done and dusted. And now we build up to the season proper uh, in under two weeks' time. It is Monday the 12th of March.
1: It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The Splash with your host, Phil Pryor.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ben Waterworth will join us in a moment. Hope you've had a nice weekend getting back into things. What a round one in the NRL it was. So many storylines to come out of that. Uh, And as you heard off the top of the podcast record, brand new podcast coming to you from uh, Fox Sports Australia, Take Me Now, I Have Seen It All is the title Uh, and today we had Warren Smith and Matty Russell discussing a few bits and pieces out of round one plus where exactly that uh, call and that uh, now infamous catchphrase actually comes from Uh, But it's time to do some headlines and just quickly a reminder that Unibet gives you the expert edge right throughout the NRL season. Of course, for more details, head to the Unibet website and download the Unibet app. We'll kick off with NRL. The Cowboys are set to welcome back Kangaroo star Michael Morgan for their huge Friday night derby clash with the Broncos. Uh, In the Super Rugby over the weekend, the Queensland Reds and the Melbourne Rebels collected wins. Uh, Tommy Rogic in football uh, over on the other side of the world in Scotland hit an absolute banger for Celtic as they edged out Rangers in a fierce derby 3-2. In cricket, it looks as though Rabada's series will be over um, after the Port Elizabeth Test, but The Proteas have the Aussies under the pump. 41 runs ahead are Australia in the second innings, but just five wickets left in the sheds. And in AFL, Patrick Dangerfield, the Geelong star, he is unlikely to feature in the opening round of the season. Uh, I think we're 10 days away from the kickoff to the 2018 season, and he has tweaked a hamstring uh, ben Waterworth from Fox Footy down in Melbourne joins joins us. Benny, what are you hearing about uh, this injury to one of the competition's superstars? Hello, Philip. Wonderful to be on the program. Uh, danger is
1: uh, one of the funniest things about Danger is he's so media savvy. So he rocked up to the club today and uh, apparently had some scans around there, which haven't been released as of uh, as of 3 p.m. Monday. But for for danger, uh, he was uh, he saw the reporters out the front, including our own uh, Drew Jones with the cameras, and he Instagram storied, documented himself trying to avoid the cameras, going through multiple different exits, uh, celebrating the fact that he avoided uh, some cameras, and then a couple of minutes later, uh, saying how disappointed. He was in himself uh, getting caught by the cameras, uh, notably Channel 7, uh, Mark Stevens uh, as well. So it was quite a quite a funny pe- uh, piece of uh, social media action from Danger, and we've got some of the best up on foxfooty.com.au. So he's not sure yet. He's in uh, decent
0: spirits, though, I take it. Yeah, he's in decent spirits. He's <laughs> always in decent spirits, Danger. He's, as yeah. I said, one of the more
1: media-savvy guys are going around. So uh, unsure at this stage, but it was reported pretty strongly by the Herald Sun yesterday that... uh, uh, The Cats could be without Dangerfield for round one. So that would be a blow, considering that Gary Ablett is also racing the clock with his own hamstring concern. So they could be going in with
0: just one of their big three, uh, the Cats, for their game against Melbourne. How are they looking? They've obviously brought uh, Gary Ablett back into the club. So they're one of the the more hyped uh, AFL teams heading into this season, of course, only making it as far as uh, preliminary final day last year. Um, how are they looking heading into the twenty eighteen season, barring, you know, a couple of early season injury setbacks?
1: They're polarising the cats for a lot of AFL fans and commentators in the lead up to this season because you look at what they've done with Ablett and who they got rid of, they got rid of you know, a couple of sort of younger players like Darcy Lang and Stephen Motlop to free up a little bit of space and they've brought in Ablett. And it really is. You look at their list profile; and they are one of the oldest lists in the competition. And it is a bit of a sense of finals or bust. I think, or mm. sorry, premiership or bust. I reckon if we could go as far yeah. as saying for the Cats this year, they've they're coming off two consecutive preliminary final losses. With uh, you know, since Patrick Dangerfield's come on board, Abble comes on board with with Dangerfield, uh, hoping for an, another big season. There is a sense with a lot of uh, players, sort of to uh, late 20s, even early 30s, that this is the year for the Cats and if they don't win it this year... Will there be another opportunity in the, the short-term future to do it? I think they're looking OK. I think we saw some good signs against Essendon in Colac on Sunday. We saw five goals to Tom Hawkins, four to Daniel Menzel, nine goals between their two key forwards I think will be really promising. Plus, they get, they've get got Stuart Cramery, the former Bulldog and bomber, uh, to come in as well. So they've got some good options down forward. Mitch Duncan looks super in the midfield for the Cats yesterday as well. The query might be on their defence, but if they get Lockie Henderson back, uh, who's a pretty important player, they're pretty settled across the ground. If they get a good run with injuries, they're every chance to not only make a preliminary final, but go that one step further.
0: So based on what you've seen across the, the JLT and even um, at, uh, through the AFL-X competition and just generally as far as what you might have heard from around the traps, Benny, which recruits um, have really stepped it up and, and are looking like having um, immediate impact at their new clubs um, because a few of the the big names I suppose which have come out today are, are, are Bryce Gibbs um, and uh, and also uh, at Essen and Smith he's uh, there are a couple of players who have found plenty of footy across the JLT series anyone else or, or can you elaborate on those two? Uh, I think definitely
1: Gibbs in the first JLT game was was outstanding and showed just how valuable he will be for the Crows and maybe the missing link in their premiership puzzle. I think they certainly could have done with a player of Gibbs's class and quality in the grand final last year. Devon Smith I think is arguably of the three big bombers recruits. You know, the other two being Adam Sard and Jake Stringer. Smith was probably the most impressive in their two JLT. Performances, some really explosive pace, a couple of really classy goals. Watch out for him. I had a close look at Melbourne and St Kilda on Thursday night. Jake Lever was really promising for the Demons across half back. I think mm-hmm. it might have been Jonathan Brown was saying that uh, if Oscar McDonald, who's uh, the other Melbourne key defender, can play a David Asprey-like role at Richmond, uh, the the David Asprey from yeah. Richmond, uh, it means that. Someone like Lever can be Alex Rance-like, you know, in his ability yeah. to get off his opponents and intercept and uh, create uh, third men up at, uh, at defensive one-on-one contests. So uh, he looked really strong, I think, in a lot of uh, key areas. Jake Lever the other night. Uh, so I think Melbourne fans would have been really happy with his uh, performance. A couple of sort of the younger players that, um, that really stood out. I think, you know, Cameron Rayner only had five disposals for the Lions against the Suns yesterday, but it might have been Bob Murphy who, who pointed out his willingness to, to take contact and to look for contact, which is the sign, I think, of a player who's ready-made to, mm. to go pretty early on in, in the season. So, uh, Luke Davies Uniac from North Melbourne did a couple of really nice things. Paddy Dow from Carl, probably the most impressive young, uh, young gun, probably the, you know, from last year's draft class yep. that will uh, be go close to round one. So lots of players, I think, push their
0: round one cases over the JLTCUs. And, uh, and Jack Watts over at, uh, Port Adelaide, how, how is he progressing, um, you know, obviously being at another one of those clubs which is looking to uh, to elevate themselves right into that premiership window?
1: Well, kicking six goals in a match-winning performance is a pretty handy start, I yeah. would have thought, for Jack Watts. That was an outstanding effort from him. Ken Hinckley played it down afterwards, saying, you know, you know, it probably wouldn't have meant too much to Jack to do that in a JLT performance. But I reckon that would have been... A really nice timely confidence booster oh, yeah. for someone like Watts ahead of the JLT, uh, ahead of the, the home and away season. I think he's come come under a lot of scrutiny. I think Watts since sort of midway through last year, and finally he's in the headlines. I think for the right reasons. I think even though it's only pre season, it would have. Been a really nice feeling, I think, for for Watts to come away with such a convincing performance. Uh,
0: Ben Waterworth, I was at the uh, Giants-Swans game out at Blacktown on Friday night. Uh, I had a a good look at what the Swans planned to do in the Ruck after the the sad news that Mm. uh, Sam Naismith ruptured his ACL at training last Wednesday. Uh, And I must admit, I come away feeling a little uneasy about that situation because uh, Giants, Ruckman, uh, Dawson Simpson gave uh, young Sydney Ruckman, Darcy Cameron an absolute bath. Um, I think the hit-outs was something like 30-odd to about 6 in favour of the Giants um, in the end. Uh, I don't know if you caught much of that game, but where do you see that situation um, for the Swans? And, how much of a, a, a detrimental impact could it have to their uh, premiership aspirations? I don't know if it's if it's make or break, I
1: think, for the Swans in that sense. I think, you know, Richmond won with one Ruckman last year, won the premiership with one Ruckman last year. The Bulldogs essentially did the same thing with two part-time Ruckman the year before in Jordan Rufford and Tom Boyd. So it's I, I don't think in a modern-day game that it's absolute life or death for, a team to have uh, the and the absolute best record in the competition. having said that though, there's no doubt that uh, John Longmire and the Swans midfield Brigade would have planned for a season uh tactically with Sam Naismith the inside, and yes. rightly so he is he's he's turned into one of the swans uh, most important players in that, in that best 22. With, I think you probably wouldn't have seen the Swans at, at full strength, um, without Naismith anyway on Friday night from a ruck perspective because Callum Sinclair was out with an ankle injury. Alir also out with, with an ankle injury as well. And those two, I think, are expected to play quite a fair bit in the ruck for the Swans in the absence of Naismith. So watch out for, for those two. Darcy Cameron, I think,'s got a lot of potential. He's a, I think he's more a forward ruck than a ruck forward. Uh, yeah. He played, was, really quite uh, capable as a as a forward ruck in the waffle a couple of years ago, which really stood out to the Swans and subsequently was picked up uh, on that form. But he's still developing, I think, and still a few, uh, few, certainly a few months away, I think, from a a senior debut for for the Swans. But with Sinclair and Aaliyah in there, Aaliyah being trialled as a ruckman this year after playing a lot of defence, I think the Swans will be able to at least
0: compete and neutralise ruck contests uh, against opposition sides. And can we expect uh, the Gold Coast Suns to show some improvement this season with, mm. with Stuart, Dew, uh, Stuart Dew taking over uh, the senior coaching role uh, based off what you've seen uh, in the last few weeks?
1: Yeah, I've watched both Suns' games in full. And it, they're a the funny one, the Suns, because they thrashed the Cats, and albeit the Cats were far from full strength. And then they were far too classy for the Lions, albeit they were the 18th side last year but having said all that the Suns were 17th last year the thing that stood out to me uh, about the Suns and it's something that you know was a big reason why the Dogs and the, the Tigers were able to you know, push towards unlikely premierships and I'm definitely not saying that the Suns will push for a premiership this year but all the players were on board with a new game plan from from a coach yeah. and that's exactly I think what Stuart Jew's been able to achieve with the Suns, they've gone for the for the Richmond blueprint yeah. with high pressure uh, style game plan. So it's it's come it's come to light in the past couple of weeks actually that the Suns. Fords have a competition to see who can have the most tackles in a game and whoever doesn't have the most tackles uh, has to shout coffee for the rest of the forward line brigade. <laughs> so uh, that, that's, that's sim- cool. a similar thing to what Richmond did last year with uh, Kastagner and Shy Bolton and Dan Butler up in that forward line. So they've taken on that Richmond mantra, I think, uh, the Suns. and It's it certainly paid dividends in the JLT whether they can translate that onto the uh, home and away season remains to be seen. But they've set a really good standard, I think, in their first two games.
0: And speaking of Richmond, Benny, how is their uh, Premiership defence looking at this (laughs) point?
1: Pretty solid. Two very uh, convincing JLT wins, firstly over the Bombers and then... Over the Kangaroos, both very convincing victories, and I think it was pretty deliberate that they played close to a, a full strength side. Dustin Martin played in both games. Alex Rance played in both games. Jack Rewall played in both games. Uh, Trent Cochin played in the last one. So there were some really, I think, positive signs for the Tigers. Someone like a Kane Lambert, for instance, I think really elevated. He might be able to really elevate his game this year. He was clearly one of the uh, probably the best on ground against North Melbourne last Wednesday. The one named Jared Healy, I think you said, that he's got the, the ability to go to an A-grade player mm. in 2018, which is a remarkable story considering he was playing VFL only three or four years ago. So uh, the, the Tigers' defence is looking very strong. They've been underestimated, I think, in terms of premiership predictions in the betting markets, but I think they just showed in only two games that they can't be underestimated. They'll yeah. be back with a real fire in the belly, I think.
0: Uh, and from one uh, premiership-winning side to... The team from the year before that went all the way, the Western Bulldogs, they're looking to bounce back from a disappointing 2017. Uh, it looks like Marcus Bontempelli has uh, kicked mm. off the year in tremendous fashion. Uh, how are they shaping up? Uh, and uh, But I, I suppose before I throw to you, I'm a little bit concerned that perhaps they're heading into this season a little bit too reliant on him again. Would that be a fair uh, comment to make? Um, and, and where are they at?
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned because one of the, the great strengths of the Bulldogs, particularly in 2016, was their ability to not rely on anyone in that they had more players rotate through their midfield than any other team in the competition and they spread their players in terms of midfield time. So someone like a Lockie Hunter, I think, might have spent more time in the midfield than anyone else had uh, the Bulldogs in 2016, which is, mm. you know, more than Bontempelli, more than Mitchell Wallace, more than Tom Libertore, who you think are their first-choice midfielders. So that's, I think, what Luke Beveridge ideally wants is to have that rotation of midfielders, and he's big. One of Luke Beveridge's big philosophies is that you don't have, or well, a player has to have the ability to play in at least two positions. So whether that's mm. in the midfield or forward or uh, as a ruck or a forward or half back and wing, you've got to be able to play in, in different uh, positions. And I think that's certainly been having home uh, for the Bulldogs. The, the, the big, I suppose, query and storyline I think out of the Dogs at the moment is what's up with Tom Boyd? Not picked in any of those two uh, Western Bulldogs games in the in the JLT series, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we understand he's fit. So that that was a bit perplexing not to see Tom Boyd out there, considering he's one of the highest paid players in the competition. So still some question marks over the Dogs, but a couple of couple of signs to show that they might be uh, might be pushing for finals again. Marcus Ponting, Pelly, probably the best, as you mentioned before, Phil.
0: Yeah. Okay, and Benny. One final one, uh, now that we've pretty much got all of the pre-season action behind us and clubs turn their attention to their round one assignments, who do you think heading into the 2018 season will rise up the ladder uh, and uh, alternatively, who might be some of the fallers as well?
1: I think West Coast is going to be the big faller. of Phil. They uh, famously got to a semi-final last year without a uh, post-siren elimination final mm. win over Port Adelaide, thanks to, to Luke Shuey, and then were bundled out by the Giants. But I, that last game of the entire JLT series against Fremantle, they went down by 10 goals West Coast. That was super concerning, I think, if I was a, a West Coast fan. Yes, they were about Nick Matt Mui, and yes, they were out uh, Josh Kennedy as well. But there was just a, a lot of young midfielders that hadn't been had the same exposure mm. uh, as other midfielders in in recent years. I think West Coast will probably be a big slider, potentially as low as the bottom four, wow. uh, the Eagles. So I think Eagles fans probably should be bracing for that. And for mine, I think the Demons, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this considering the lack of success they've had for so many years, but the Ds could be the big risers, potentially as high as the top four if things mm. click for them. They've got all the talent in the world. I think Simon Goodman's got them playing a really entertaining brand of football, it all comes down to above the shoulders, to every single D's player. The last couple of years, they've been within grasp of making the finals, and they've fallen you know, in the last couple of weeks uh, of the home and away season due to a couple of brain fades, uh, none bigger than against Collingwood in round 23 last year. So if they're right mentally, they've got all the talent uh, and skill and the game plan, I think, to take it as far as the top four, but I think they'll be at least be able to make that top eight final this year.
0: Okay, interesting insight. Ben Waterworth, as always, for Fox Footy down in Melbourne. Thanks for joining the Splash, Benny.
1: Pleasure, Phil. Always enjoy splashing with you. <laughs>
0: always a pleasure chatting footy with Ben Waterworth or anyone from, down at, from the Fox Footy team down in Melbourne, of course. Uh, that'll do us to, on today's Splash. Continue the conversation with myself on Twitter, at Phil underscore prior and don't forget to jump over to Unibet, the website or jump on the app for the expert edge right throughout the NRL season and of course the AFL season kicking off in a couple of weeks uh, that'll do us on this Monday uh, and we've got a big week coming up, that's a wrap